0: Hey, 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 hey. What's going on there, podcast community? Matthew Johnson back with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. And in this week's episode, we are going to continue with part two of respite because that's important for self care. You have to take a break. So let's get into part two of respite for the care partner in this week's edition of Dementia in Black. And white Alright, well thank you folks for coming back for another episode of Dementia in Black and White, Matthew Johnson your host here, and this week I just want to continue along with this very, very important topic of self-care for you As a care partner. And if you recall, last week, we essentially took the word respite. Which just means taking a break for yourself, essentially. But those first four letters, R-E-S-P, and we broke that down to relationship self-care, emotional self-care, spiritual self-care, and physical self-care. And so last week, we spent that time talking about relationship self-care. This week... We're going to get into emotional self care. And though this is the second one on the list because of where it falls in the word respite, it is probably the most important and probably the most overlooked. People will often talk about physical self care. They will often have already in place something for spiritual and relationship, but often the emotional, Mm, not so much. It's one of those things that sort of creeps up on us slowly and we don't really pay that much attention to it, oftentimes until it is too late and the effects are showing themselves physically, even though these are mental issues, right? So let's spend some time talking about that. But before I get into the specifics, of the emotional self-care, I do want to talk a little bit about some facts and figures as to why this is important and just sort of level set the playing field here and have us establish a foundation on what is going on in the world of being a care partner and how significant it is that these issues could certainly arise. You can see how someone's mental health can be compromised when we look at some of these statistics around caregiving. So it says here that about one in three caregivers are over the age of 65. So about 30% are 65 and older. So of course, again, as we get older, Our capacities, generally speaking, mental and physical, are starting to degrade, generally speaking. So if you're doing this caregiving at the age of 30, it's probably a little easier on you mentally and physically than it would be as you get older. So 30% of caregivers are over the age of 65. Two-thirds of caregivers are women. Does not surprise me. As of course, you know as well, the majority of people with dementia are women as well. Then it says most caregivers, 66 percent live with the person who has dementia in the community. Sixty six percent. So you're talking about not just caring for a loved one, you know, where you're going over to their house and then getting to go back to your house to get away from the environment that might be causing you stress. But here we're talking about a majority of people, present company included, live with their person. So you're pretty much on call 24 seven. And for you again, it might not seem like that's a big deal, but that is a very big deal in terms of a mental strain. If you think about someone who is a doctor who is on call, for example, where they have to have a—I guess it used to be a pager back in the day, but a cell phone or something where they have to be available in case of an emergency all times of the day and night. That job is a very stressful job for good reason because it's life or death, because you have a skill set that's very important and of course as a result of that, those people get paid $250,000 $250,000 a year or more. Well, as caregivers, you are as important as that on-call doctor when you're living with your person. You hear a bump in the night, you're waking up in the middle of the night to go and check on that to ensure that everything is still safe and sound. And so being on call like that, being you know kind of at the ready all the time, you can imagine increases the level of stress that you're experiencing. And if you're living with the person, that's just all the time. You're not getting away from it. It's not as if you're having stress driving to work and the commute is bad. And once you get to work, you get to settle down. And once you get home, you get to relax. This is just all the time if you're living in that environment. And it says 66% of care partners are living with their individual. Then it talks about about 25% a quarter of caregivers are in that sandwich generation, meaning that the, these are folks who are taking care of their parents and still have children under the age of 18. And of course, you know, if you have any experience raising children, I have two. It's stressful. That's stressful in and of itself. But to add to that, caring for a parent in this way as a care partner, it's probably at least doubling your stress to have that sandwich generation situation going on. So again, you can just see how mentally this has its toll on an individual and 25% of people are in that situation. Fortunately, my kids are older. In fact, one of my kids is helping me. So I don't have that sandwich generation set up here. And then another statistic I'll share with you. It says that uh, the Ohio State University, in conjunction with the National Institute on Aging, has shown that adult children caring for their parents as well as parents caring for chronically ill children may have their lifespan shortened by four to eight years. Four to eight years taken off your lifespan for being a care partner. So we're talking about, Your life really being exchanged for the life of your loved one. Wonderful, selfless task that you're engaging in. But just understand that you might very well be trading years of your life and not necessarily gifting that to your care partner, by the way. It's just taking the years off of your life. But it's not necessarily adding those years to their life. They're on their course. And they might very well, in some cases, I'm sure this happens, outlive you if you're not taking care of yourself, mental and physical. And there's this uh, Chinese adage that says, when is the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? That's the best time. The next best time is right now. And so when we think about Caring for your mental health, sure, maybe it has been overlooked for 20 years. And maybe that was the best time to focus on your mental health years ago. Don't worry about that. The next best time to focus on your mental health is right now. And so that's what I encourage you to do, even if this is something that has sort of gone past your radar, something that you hadn't thought about in terms of some of the steps I'm going to talk about today for emotional self-care. Today is the time to focus on that, regardless of why you hadn't focused on it. I know in the African-American community specifically, it is a bit taboo still to talk about mental health care Still a little uncomfortable. It's rather, we talk about some physical ailment, having cancer or a heart attack or a stroke. We're okay with sharing some of that type of information with people and just, you know, saying, hey, just wanted to talk to you about this, going through this thing. And the doctor gave me this whatever. Right. Prognosis for my physical condition. But if we were having a mental breakdown We're less likely to share that because there's still a little bit of a stigma around that. So if that is the case for you, please do whatever you have to do. Small steps if it's necessary to start and reduce that stigma so that you can get the help that you need. And that might mean I'll just mention this is one of the first things for emotional self-care. Expressing your feelings in a healthy way like talking. So I would say that's the first thing expressing your feelings in a healthy way like talking and that talking could be to friends or family that talking could be to a therapist of some sort. You can check into your health insurance. It used to be that there was even that stigma I talked about in the African-American community. There was a bias in the healthcare field where there was more availability for physical ailments than there were for mental ailments. Like you could easily go see a doctor about a broken leg before you could go see a therapist about some mental health issue. But now a lot of health insurance, a lot of health insurers are coming around in terms of providing equal access to mental and physical care, you can have a very similar and expensive copay to go see a therapist or get counseling, just as you would to go fix and reset a broken leg, right? So, if your friends and family are not readily accessible, or again, you feel uncomfortable talking with them about this, finding out if your health insurer will cover some type of of therapy and of course given the times we're in with COVID and whatnot, maybe you don't want to do that in person telehealth has kind of blown up in the last year year and a half such that a lot of therapists and a lot of uh, these services are available either remotely via the telephone or via the zoom and so I think again that was one of the benefits of this dark cloud of the coronavirus that It made people think outside the box in terms of providing some of these services. So those are now available for you right there in your house. So you don't have to travel for these services. So really think about that. Then another thing to do in terms of mental. Find reasons to laugh. Oh man, that is so important I don't know what gets released In terms of endorphins and chemically What happens in the brain But they say laughter is the best medicine And it really is And I say it's the best medicine Because there are very few side effects Maybe you pee on yourself a little But that's fine Get a Depends Put on some comedy And just laugh Find reasons to laugh Whatever that is for you I uh, went to see a cab on stage, a comedian. He's out of California, but he had toured the country. So he was out here on the East Coast and got a chance to go uh, see him and a couple of folks from his crew. Just, you know. A night out, first of all. So you're getting to have this social aspect, which, you know, talked about that in the first bullet respite relationship. But then this emotional component of laughing and just having a good time. Absolutely. So if it's literally stand up comedy, that is your thing. Try to find a chance to do that. And of course, going in person again might be a challenge, but just like with the COVID restrictions, a lot of comedians put their things online so you have an opportunity to just go on YouTube and probably see as much comedy as you want from your favorite comedian that could also be a sitcom a television show, a funny movie, Coming to America for me is one of the movies that makes me laugh, I don't know the barbershop scenes, I'm talking about the original Coming to America Coming to America 2 was just eh, in my opinion, I know a lot of people like that but it didn't take over for me in terms of the cult classic that is coming to America, the original. So something like that, if you have a go-to thing, think about that, find that thing and bring that back into your life. If you have one friend that makes you laugh almost guaranteed now for me, that is me in my circle of friends. So it's difficult for me to find a person to reach out to, to make me laugh. But if you have somebody like that in your circle, that's, you know, just a funny guy, a funny woman who really can just find the, you know, the funny and even serious topics of the day, make sure that person is on your frequent reach out to list. Find reasons to laugh, whatever that is for you. And it might be reading something funny, reading funny material, reading jokes, literally. And really, just to be frank, sometimes it is just laughing. Even when there's actually nothing to laugh about, you can trick your body into thinking that you're laughing and having a good time just by (laughs) So what did you just just fake laugh? Just fake laughing can kind of give you the same feelings as real laughter. And then you just start to feel better. I'm telling you, just try it. Ah! Ah! That's so funny. All right actually hurt a little bit but anyway (laughs) so just try to fake laugh you know sometimes people will say fake it till you make it yeah even that might work just to release those endorphins just to get your body you know in the whole laughter mindset oh absolutely find reasons to laugh and if you can't find those reasons fake it until you can make it and then another thing Writing a journal and, and you can either do that literally just physically writing a journal, kind of keeping track of how you're doing mentally or physically on a particular day. Not physically, we're here just talking about mental right now in this one, mentally, but also recording a journal, either just a verbal audio recording on most people's phones. This thing exists where you can just have a voice memo. And if you're going through something, whether it's a good day or a rough day just maybe every once in a while. And for me, I probably do it weekly. Well, I'll just record how it's going, how I'm feeling. And so this also sort of provides a baseline for you. So you can have a sense of, you know, where you are today versus where you were this time last year, particularly on this long journey. For me, it's been a year and a half living with my mom, but, you know, I've been in the care part in the world for years prior to that. But I can have a sense of, you know, where I was mentally. And I I tell you, when I do that, when I go back and listen to some of my earlier recordings and some of them I have on video as well. So you can videotape, audiotape or just do a journal. I can sense when I was in a darker place. I can see it. my, My voice, my tone is a little lower. My affect is a little off. I can tell that from the recordings And so that gives me a sense for what may have worked and what didn't work, because I'll know, you know, when I went to therapy, I did that for the first time in my life last year. had a a therapist that I talked to weekly. And so, you know, I can go back to those audio recordings and see before that and after that. So just having that baseline of a journal or recording. Or a video session of you. Just you alone. Again, this could also help with that first one about talking to people. Because maybe, again, you don't want to talk to your friends. Maybe you also don't want to talk to a therapist. But in this case, you just talk to this recording equipment. And in that way, it is getting it out. And it's also providing for you a record of how you're doing on any particular day. So just a few things to think about As it relates to emotional self-care. And of course, there are many, many, many other things you can do. Of course, respite, taking a break from your responsibilities. No question about that. Learning something new. Just throwing these in as bonus ones. It's a way to keep that brain active. If you want to learn Swahili, now's the time to pick up that as a new hobby. Learn a new language. Learn to cross-stitch. Whatever it is But the three things from this podcast Just to recount Express your feelings in healthy ways Like talking with someone About what's going on Find reasons to laugh Even if you have to Fake it till you make it Just laugh And then finally Keeping a note, a journal, verbal Video Of how you're doing On any given day Good or bad, document document it all So that you have a record of that And a baseline of what's going on with you mentally But don't ignore it Because this mental sneaks up on you And you don't want that to happen So until next time people Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dementia In black and white I'm your host Matthew Johnson And we'll go back again next week And do a part three on respite for the care partner until then take care of yourself first mental and physical so that you'll be able to take care of your loved one for even longer I'm out